Here we go. Episode 58 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined by John Michael Masiri, and it is a fantastic night. But, JM, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great night. Happy St. Patrick's Day, even though I'm not wearing green. You're not wearing green. Neither of us are Irish, so it's okay. But um, everybody, everybody says, oh, everybody's Irish on St. Patty's Day. Not me. Yeah, I'm always Italian. I never want to be Irish. If I'm offending Irish people, I do not care. <laughs> There's not a single day I want to be Irish on this yeah, planet. Yeah, not, not going to lie. Uh, definitely one of my least favorite holidays. Uh, it was good. It was good as a kid getting the green bagels in, in elementary school. That was cool. But now I went to the bagel store today and passed up on a green bagel. I said, just give me the plane. It's the same thing. Now you're just trying to make a point. It was. I was trying to make a point. It was. Yeah. It, I seriously did that. Uh, I'll tell you, Mer. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, baseball, baseball, and football are going wild with news. Um, and then on top of that, we just started March Madness. So March Madness already crazy. Two massive bra- bracket busters today. But in the middle of all of this, we get a massive trade, a blockbuster trade in the NFL. And that's where we're going to start. Uh, Devontae Adams is traded to the Oakland Raiders from the Green Bay Packers and then signs a five-year, $141 million contract with them to go play with his buddy, college buddy. I think they were roommates in college, Derek Carr. Yeah, um, I'm surprised, first off. Apparently, the Packers offered him the same extension, right? Like, same, same amount of years. Same amount of money, and he preferred the Raiders. And apparently, Aaron Rodgers knew that he was gone and everything like that. So this has been in place for a while. Um, I don't know about you, but I find that surprising. I guess he just figured that he would rather play in Oakland. I mean, I know he went to Fresno State, California. Um, I mean, Oakland. Look at me, Las Vegas. Uh, but West Coast, West Coast. Um, yeah, same yeah. thing. He went to Fresno State, played with Derek Carr there, so that makes sense. Um, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers just said he was coming back for four years, so I'm surprised that he didn't want to stay there. But Packers got a decent return. They really did. Yeah, I mean, they get a couple of picks. Um, you know, they don't have to pay that $28 million now a year to Devontae Adams, so you just hope they could fill the void of wide receiver. But let me ask you this. Do you think that, first of all, Adams lives in Vegas. He has a home in Vegas. Obviously, he has a very close relationship with Derek Carr. Could this be him wanting to maybe go out on his own, try and prove himself with another quarterback? I mean, he again, when they were in college together, they put up insane numbers at Fresno State. And also, the drama every offseason with Aaron Rodgers for the past couple of years now, maybe that got to Adams. Like, do I really want to deal with this? Right. And then on top of it, could this go on for any longer? And then he's eventually going to leave. Right. I think it more appealed to him, um, you know, Las Vegas, that market, right? Um, I feel like he would definitely be beloved by those fans and he wants to play with Derek Carr. I don't think he really has stuff to prove because I don't think anybody's out here questioning how good of a receiver Devontae Adams is like we have with some other Packers receivers or receivers in general that have played with hall of fame caliber quarterbacks. And we're saying, Oh, he made, you know, the quarterback makes the receiver. I think Devonte Adams is you put him on any team. He's going to be the best receiver in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Las Vegas thing probably stood out to him. Um, definitely wanted to play with Derek Carr. 
And who knows if that stuff with the Packers was starting to get to him. I mean, I think the fact that he's playing in, you know, 20 degrees every December and then he probably doesn't love that zero degrees. Once the playoffs come, he probably isn't a huge fan of that either, but who knows what he's got going on in his personal life and what family he's got in certain parts of the country or where he wants to, to start a family. Who knows? So, uh, I definitely think we obviously know now that he preferred Las Vegas. And the disrespect Derek Carr gets um, really league-wide, you know, I shouldn't say within the league, but the fans, you know, people don't believe in Derek Carr. This is kind of like a sign that, okay, you're our guy. There's no doubt about it. We're not even thinking about shopping you because he's going to get an extension in the next couple of days, which I think is fantastic. And you gave him another legitimate weapon to go along with Hunter Renfro and now Darren Waller. This could be one of the better receiving cores in the league. I'm like, I'm actually so excited to see this. Yeah, because oh, it's going to be it's going to be good to, to watch. You've got a great offense. You've got now a great connection quarterback to wide receiver. And on top of it, you've got an historically great division in the AFC West. I mean, the Broncos, they had. Um, Russell Wilson, they're even adding Randy Gregory. They already have a good roster on top of that. The Chargers are adding Khalil Mack. They add J.C. Jackson. And now, obviously, the Raiders, they added Chandler Jones the other day. That goes unnoticed. It's pretty, pretty scary what this division is made up of. And I didn't even mention Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, we might have to uh, rename the AFC West into just or not even rename it just make it its own league right and then we'll we'll play for the super bowl out of the seven divisions um josh mcdaniels is certainly has a lot to play with right now in his first season as head coach of the raiders because uh you go from new england and being the offensive coordinator there for so many years and now you head over to vegas with Derek carr and you like you just said darren waller's a top three top four tight end in the league Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league hunter renfro is a hell of a receiver He's got a lot to play with over there. And the way I look at this division now, I don't know how it stacks up just yet, right? The draft hasn't come yet. Free agency isn't over. A lot of people want to talk about the Chargers all of a sudden are getting all this hype and obviously the Broncos. I think the Raiders are the second best team in this division right now. I've disrespected Uh, the Raiders in the past. I'm going to say no, because I really do think what the Chargers are doing is special, and I think they have the second-best quarterback in the division. But it's like I think all four of these teams can make it. Yeah. Like, legitimately, Uh, all four. And we're even forgetting about a division in the AFC that's going to be loaded this year, and people don't realize that the AFC North is going to be loaded. I I believe they can. I believe – all four teams could be in the playoffs. I think the AFC is just loaded in general. I mean, you oh, even, even you talk about the AFC East, the Bills are a East. Super Bowl contender. The AFC the fa- they're the favorites yeah, no, to win the, the Super Bills, Bowl. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender. The Patriots just made the playoffs with a younger, you know, a, a new wave with Mac Jones. Um, the Dolphins flirted with an appearance, and who knows how Mike McDaniel is going to be there. And the Dolphins are also signing any everybody and their grandmother right now. Um I think, if anything, if there's a topic to be talked about, this always comes up once in a while in sports, and it kind of fizzles out because things seem to to average out, to come to a balance. Do we really have to give a crap about divisions anymore? 
like if it was just the top seven teams in the AFC make it and no, it doesn't, who cares if you win your division? Because the AFC South is like a joke. The Titans, who knows how they're going to play, right? Pete Tannehill didn't really look that great towards the end of the year last year. And a lot of people think they might've overachieved. Um, the Colts, we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be now. They have all this cash space, but they refuse to spend it for some reason. Um, and the Jaguars and the Texans, we know about that. So you're telling me a team like Baltimore might miss out on the playoffs. Cincinnati might miss out on the playoffs because of the Texans or I mean the Texans, uh, the Titans winning their division, possibly a nine and eight next year, you know? It's an interesting topic. I think that we we have such an unprecedented unprecedented situation that you have two loaded divisions. You have a two top teams possibly in one division and then another one that's just a stinker. Like you said, I just don't think you can make this massive change because you have this for maybe the next couple of seasons, but really just kind of seems like an overreaction to what we have right now. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that you make the change and let's put the Broncos in the AFC South and this and that, because that would make no sense because the Broncos five years from now can be horrible. They could be the Texans. I think it, if you just, like I said, did nothing, right. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's like in basketball, just you go by seating and that that's it. Divisions don't matter. That will always be balanced because no matter if there's four really good teams in one division or two really good teams in one division, the, the best teams are going to make the playoffs. So JM suggesting massive realignment changes to the history of the NFL. Yeah. How about instead right of here. trying to keep adding and adding playoff teams, you just add the right teams, but wow, I get, that- I get it. I get it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to devalue the whole winning the division thing exactly, but at the end of the day, who gives a crap if you win your division? Like, do people go out and celebrate winning your division if you end up losing in the wild card round? So this is this is a, again this is an interesting debate because if you actually look at baseball and what they're doing starting next season, they're actually changing the whole the way the whole schedule is, where you're going to play every team every season. And you're going to, you know, flip back and forth each year um, home and away with teams you usually don't play every year. And and in the NBA, you, know, you play everybody, Major League Baseball, you don't. So this is a massive change. Then you're going to play your division five games less than you regularly do. And a lot of traditionalists are worried about that because they believe that they're just going to get rid of the divisions eventually. That's the way it's going. And personally in major i know it's a different sport major league baseball i don't like that but in the nfl i'm just trying to think about how i would feel i don't have an answer on that so you don't like that in baseball i don't like that in baseball at all so the way they're doing it is it going to be like you just said the division is not going to matter you're not playing the red sox the yankees aren't playing the red sox 19 times anymore you're going to play them 14 times um, okay, so you're still going to play them more than anybody outside of your division. Yes. Okay, so I'm okay with that because I still think we need to have rivalries. We need to have, you know, stuff like that. Agreed. Teams, teams that are familiar with each other, and that, that just creates better baseball. I mean, everybody tunes in the Yankees-Red Sox. It's on Sunday Night Baseball like four times a year. 
Um, but the Mets and the Angels, who play each other every what three years, I think. Yeah, they'll play and it's every, every year six. Now are going to play every year. And instead of it being every six years, the Mets go to uh, Anaheim. It's going to be every other year. Other year. Right. See, I, yeah, I like that. I, um, and I don't hate that. I just don't like the way it looks like it's going. They're not, it doesn't look like right now they're completely getting rid of it. But if you look at the steps they're taking, they're kind of taking that step toward possibly complete league realignment. Right. And it was discussed in the, in the last CBA negotiations now let's go back to football. Yeah. Um, completely forgot we were talking about football. Yeah, we're, we're just so excited for baseball. Um, I, mean, I got to yeah, think about that. I get your concern. Um, I think that the same thing. In football, divisional games are important. I don't really know if you would have to alter the schedule that much. I mean. I think you do. I See, that's that's what I'm trying to – because this is a lot to process right now. I think you do. I think I think well, you kind of you have, have the to. seventeen game schedule now. Uh, you play your divisional opponent six times. The other eleven games you play an NFC opponent four times. Now you're down to seven games. You play two divisions, and then the last division you or sorry, no, you don't play two divisions. You play one random opponent in the other conference now too with that extra seventeenth game. Right. You play three times the. I'm sorry, you play one division in the AFC, so now you're down to two games left. I'm just using the Jets as an example. That's why I'm saying AFC. Two games left, and then those remaining two games, you take the team that finished in your place in that division, so the Jets came in last, so they'll play the last-place team in the AFC South and the West from the year before, and that's how they come up with it. So if anything, I would say in football, do the opposite of what baseball is doing. If you're going to – and listen, this isn't a – we're talking hypotheticals here. I don't think this is really being considered that much, but if you're going to not matter, you know, with the divisions, you're just going to do seating, then get rid of the NFC games, the, the, the interleague games and just That's play the only way everybody in the AFC. How many teams there in the NFC in, the, in each is 16. Yeah. That's not, so but what's it's, the extra. So what's the extra game? I think they could get fun with that then. Then that extra game, you can have your Chiefs-Packers game on Sunday Night Football. You know, you could, instead of avoiding the Chiefs-Packers game and then having Chiefs-Lions, you know what I mean? Like, you could match up. Maybe maybe instead you do one interleague game left, or actually it would be two, because you, would, you can only play, you know, 15 games because you're one of the teams. So there's two teams left in the NFC to play. So the Jets, let's say, would play the last place team and then the second to last place team. Like you just go based off how everybody played last year. Major League Baseball, just to compare it again, used to do interleague plays random and it's there's a lot of it. And it used to be, um, you know, you play like your crosstown rival if you had one, and then maybe another series against, you know, another. I th- isn't that how it went? Another American League team? Or was it a division? Was it a whole division? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as common. It like was, interleague play was fun and it was different and it was exciting. Maybe that's kind of like where they're going with if they were to do this in the NFL, maybe it adds excitement to interleague play, interconference play, mm-hmm. where I you mean, only have two knows? games and the Giants play the Jets every year and then another and then a random game. I think it would be exciting. All right, let's. That's see. something. That's something to propose to the league. It is. I, th- I think I'm going to hit up Roger Goodell and hit up. I. You know what? I don't. I don't hate this. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about it is that 
you're getting rid of kind of a rivalry within a division because you're only going to play your division rival from the past, um, you know, the divisions now right. once. But I don't hate it. I, I really I, don't hate it. matter, though? Like, I think the Jets and the Patriots, even though we, it's not really – we like to call it a rivalry. We just get our ass kicked every year. Uh, you know, <laughs> I still think there will be that fire, you know, that little rivalry feel to it. I mean, it's only two games, so yeah, you're right. You're only playing two games against each other. So what was the one one? Listen, game do we have? really care that much about rivalries anymore? We care about two really good teams. I think it matters on the sport, right? We care about two really good teams going up against each other. That's all we care about. When the Ravens and the Steelers are really good, we love that gaming. But when the Ravens are a four-win team and the Steelers are a twelve-win team, nobody cares. So it doesn't I hate, matter. I hate to. Who? I hate to agree with you so much, but I I really really like this now. You're right. You're hundred percent right. Let's let's pat let's put a patent on this if that's even allowed, and let's go to Roger Goodell and say, listen, we have this idea. Give us the money, and it's yours. The Giants and the Commanders are a nice rivalry. They both oh, yeah. suck. Nobody yeah. cares yeah, when they get together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on here to Deshaun Watson because there's a ton of news with him. He was, um, I guess, cleared legally from his. Um, civil suits. Uh, they're not pressing charges whatsoever. He's good to go. Now, the, the league could technically still suspend him, but he is meeting with teams. He's met with the Browns, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints. The Panthers and the Browns have now been removed from the discussion, and it's been down to the Saints and the Falcons. And it, the choice of teams here is sketchy, but I'm just going to say this. It's a good thing that a young star quarterback is leaving the AFC and going to the NFC. Yeah, it's about time. You need a little bit of parity. It's about time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with either one of these. The Falcons are acting very sketchy lately, right? They keep pushing off this whole Matt Ryan 8.5 million yeah. or whatever it is. Um, also, where does Matt Ryan go, right? If that ends up happening. He I got a couple his, of suggestions. He throws his hat in the in the the Jimmy G ring. So you know, is he going to Indianapolis? Is he going to Pittsburgh? We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, there's a couple other availabilities. Why don't you spit? What do you got? You got a little smirk on your face. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield in a minute, but he requested a trade, and it'll come up in one second. I think a Baker Mayfield if. Deshaun Watson chooses the Saints. I think a Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan swap makes perfect sense. Wow. I actually, I don't hate that. I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm a Browns fan, I'm happy with Matt Ryan. They have a good roster. You need a veteran quarterback that's not going to kill you, can make some big-time throws. Right. Matt Ryan could be that guy. couple of years left, and the Falcons can kind of start over and see if they can get with – Baker Mayfield and they get rid of the contract of Matt Ryan yeah. and the, the Browns can afford it. I mean, all right, so let's go back to Watson real quick. Watson, it's going to take a couple first round picks. Um, the saints would be, they'd be right back in the, you know, Super Bowl contention. What we're used to the saints being just before breeze left. Completely disagree. I don't know how you could. You think Peyton leaving is that is going to be that crucial. Or you just don't think the roster is there. I don't think the roster's there. They don't have enough talent on offense. Kamara's great. I like him. But 
is that enough? The receivers are very sketchy. They don't really have much except for Michael Thomas. And I'm under the belief that Michael Thomas is a little tiny bit overrated. Yeah, and he I can't mean, stay I'm, on the field. Yeah, I, I get the whole Michael Thomas overrated thing. Maybe not Super Bowl, but I think definitely in competition for that division and you know make the playoffs. I don't I think, think they I think, come I think they're close to the division. Oh, God. All right, you're being a little dramatic here. Jim, just think about what they have to give up. They're going to have to give up a couple of players on defense. This isn't a Russell Wilson trade. This guy's younger and he's better. So it's a few first-round picks. I don't think it's they're going to f- have to give up as much as you think. Why not? I think a few first-round picks and maybe a, a second-day pick gets it done. I think two starters on offense or defense, three first-round picks, maybe a second or third-round pick. Two starters? At, holy crap. We'd, we've never seen a quarterback of this Old magnitude traded before. Not, you're, no, no way. Marshawn Lattimore is not in the deal. Nobody big. I names. think Lattimore and another player, a lower level Holy player, could be crap. in this deal. Right, three first if I'm picks. the Saints, I'm saying no. I'm not doing. When's it. the last time a quarterback like this was on the market and traded? Yeah, I mean you're right, but Russell Wilson's just about as good as Deshaun Watson is. The age is the difference here. But six, seven years older. Probably, are you really more. gonna? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna put around him? That's what. That's why it's like impossible to trade these quarterbacks because if you give up all these first round picks and you're giving up your young players like Marshawn Lattimore and whoever else goes in that deal, then what are you going to put around the guy? They declined to trade a couple of, a few months ago of three first round picks and three second round picks. That's absurd. I would take that in a heartbeat. And they want a play. They want a player back. They need a player back. So I'm saying a player on Marshawn Lattimore's level, a lower level player, Three first round picks. Back though, if you're the Texans, you're so far away from competing right now. You had Davis Mills. Are you sure he's your quarterback? He had a nice year last year, but there's still a lot. There's still a lot to be figured out there. You're really gonna want to go get a Marshawn Lattimore or 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 some a young player from them, right? Marcus Davenport, whoever they want from them, and you're gonna want to let your first round picks play out. By the time you're hopefully competing in a couple of years, those guys' contracts are already expired. They left in free agency, or you gave them a big-time deal. So if I was them, I'd just try to pile as many picks as possible right now. Marshawn Lattimore is 25 years old. This guy could be a, your star cornerback for years, even when you're competing. So if I'm, if I'm the Texans, hell yeah, I'm trying to go after him. I don't think so. I think I would just wait. If anything, if you want to sign a guy like that when it's time, when you are going to compete, do that. But – I'd rather have another first round pick than go get Marshawn Lattimore right now if I'm the Houston Texans. And let's just say, all right, let's say picks aren't in it. Uh, Terrence, um, uh, what's his name? Teron what's his Armstead. first name? Teron Armstead, not Terrence Armstead. Is there a Terrence Armstead? There was no. I don't think so. Losing it. Armstead, he on. could be le- he could be leaving their left tackle. Their offensive line slightly sketchy, especially if he leaves. Again, nothing at wide receiver outside of Michael Thomas, and he didn't play at all last year. Not not a ton on offense, and you just lost your head coach for the last, you know, almost two decades. Yeah. And I liked and I like Dennis Allen, their 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 coach now. I really do, and I'm happy he gets another chance. I'm just, just not I loving think, the roster. I think they have good depth around the roster and losing a couple of the guys like you mentioned, Teron Armstead. Um, I, I don't think it's going to kill them. But And then on top of it, 
this team was in cap hell and they somehow find a way to That's get out of cap thing. hell. They get out of it cap, every year. Cap means absolutely nothing. It's but, stupid. Anyway, answer me this though. What level of quarterback play did that team get last year? Nothing. So if you go from nothing to elite, which is what Deshaun Watson is, you really don't think it's going to make that big of a difference that they'll be in the contention for the division and making the playoffs. And I think they'll, I think they make the playoffs, especially in the NFC. You think the Bucs just walk away, though? I think the Bucs walk away. I think the Bucs are walking to a Super Bowl this year. But that's just my – that's how I feel about the Bucs. And I don't even think that should be a shot at the Saints or at Deshaun Watson. But, again, you're going to lo- – you're losing players right now. You're in cap hell. And on top of it – well, first of all, the players I think would go – that would go in the trade and draft picks, obviously, that you would lose for this upcoming season – but on top of it, in a couple of years, like you can't just keep kick, kicking this cap down the road. Eventually, it's going to catch up, and yeah. eventually, all this dead money is going to come up and, and kill you. So, in a couple of years, why would Deshaun Watson even consider it? Okay, fine. For the next two years, you're going to be in the playoffs, and you're going to be, you know, you think you're going to be in contention. Great. What about in two or three years? Is he just going to walk in free agency and say, okay, I'm done? I'm going to sign with a new team. If that's his plan, okay, fine. But if he wants to commit here long term, I would I would choose Atlanta, and that's and that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think he's going to New Orleans. I mean, they're very similar. Even their stadiums are are almost named this exact same thing <laughs> and look the same. Playing the same division, you're a couple states away, and that was weird too. The Panth, I mean, the Panthers are always involved, and they have a very aggressive owner, David Tepper. Uh, but you know, they have a coach on the hot seat. And he's going to be fired, I think, after this year. I just never understood the Panthers in that. If if he goes to Atlanta, I mean, the guy had no receivers uh, in in Houston the last year he played, and now he's going to have no receivers in Atlanta because Julio Jones has left, Calvin Ridley can't play, and uh, Russell Gage is leaving in free agency, so – that's yeah, that's the thing too. Like well, none of these, none of these spots are perfect. None of, none of these spots work. Cleveland was honestly the best spot for him. Yeah, he he goes to Cleveland. I, is that's a Super Bowl team. I gotta say though, this whole thing of like these quarterbacks that are like just on the market and who's like, this is not normal for us as no. NFL fans at all in the league. Like. Uh, at least when I was a kid and growing up and everything, like you never would have thought of anybody getting traded as a quarterback that was even slightly above average. Now it's quarterbacks. Russell Wilson's gotten traded. Matt Stafford's gotten traded. Wentz has gotten traded twice. Um, now Baker Mayfield's on the market. Matt Ryan might be on the move. We're talking about Watson right now. Jimmy G is going to be on the move. Jimmy G is going to be on the move. Like, and he's already been traded. Um, it's wild. This is yeah. not normal. I can't tell if I like it or not um, because a part of me, it's so exciting to see this, right, and what quarterback's going to go where and how is that going to play out. But the other side of me is like, well, there was that whole that whole franchise quarterback feeling of when you draft a guy and he just plays 15 years with the organization and retires on the same team is, is, is nice. But I'm not really on either side right now. I don't know how to feel about it. It's exciting, and I think we'll, we'll know after the season if if the level of play is better, if there are more teams in contention. 
then I think we'll like it. But the NFC does not have many great quarterbacks right now. Older guys, sure, Brady back, Rodgers back, Stafford, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson will come here. Kirk Cousins is still in the NFC, uh, Dak Prescott. So you don't have great, great quarterbacks, but you have enough guys that, you know, could win you a playoff game. Now let's uh, move on to Baker Mayfield here. He requests a trade from the Cleveland Browns because he was crying like a little baby that they wanted to dip their feet in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They get rejected by Deshaun Watson. And then a couple hours later, he requests, he requests a trade. And the Browns are not going to honor that request. They probably will, but that's just what they're saying right now. First of all, take, take it easy a little bit. All right. He's a baby. He I'm, is a baby. I'm, I'm a little torn on this one, too. I'm, a, I'm leaning Brown side here. Um, just cause you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Baker, uh, but I don't want to hold that against him right now. I just want to evaluate the situation. I get it. Like I get why Baker would be a little upset, but here's my take on it. And you're probably going to agree with me because you're calling him baby and boo hoo and whatever. Um, you haven't worked out at all, right? You, you were the first round pick. You had one nice year. You took them to the playoff, the first round, first overall pick. Took them to the playoffs for the first time in a while, right? Really nice year. Uh, ended up not doing anything in the playoffs, but whatever. You got there. You almost got to the AFC Championship game, actually. Um, now, this year, didn't play well at all. Crap. Hurt. Hurt. Um, you've had everything you can ask for. I mean, we're seeing the way OBJ has played in L.A. now. that He wasn't the problem. Jarvis Landry, his career has basically gone down the tank since he's gone to Cleveland. He's been good, but not as good as he was in Miami. He's not the problem. Guys like David Njoku, who everybody has always felt like he's a little more talented than we thought. Um, who Austin Hooper came over. His career has kind of gone down the drain, right? With Matt Ryan, he was putting up nice numbers. He got a pretty good contract. So the weapons are there, and I didn't even mention the offensive line. That is phenomenal. Um, so he's been in the situation – to succeed. I think everybody realizes the Browns are one of the best rosters in the NFL. When I say that, they're not like top three, but they're probably a top bottom of the top 10 roster in the 100%, NFL. Top eight, um, eight. You can't, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm saying to him, listen, we'll tell you you're the starter next year, but that doesn't mean we're not going to go look and look at other options. It's a business. Should- like, I'm not going to just, Tell you, okay, you're the starter, and let me put this in stone and just, all right, that's it. I'm not looking at any other options. Like, they should be allowed to look at other options. And if Baker says, well, screw this, I don't want you to look at other options, you should trade me. I think the Browns still have the right to say, no, like, we're not trading you. As of right now, you're our quarterback, and that's it. You said it perfectly. They've given him every possible – they've given him everything to succeed. He's had everything handed to him. And he hasn't. I, I, you know, I use this thing when, when talking about Saquon Barkley, a lot of people rip on Saquon Barkley and I am one of those people. I hated the pick, but Saquon Barkley was never asked to be taken second overall, right? He didn't say you have to take me second overall. So yes, he's been a bust, but it's not his fault. The giants made a stupid mistake. It's also not Baker Mayfield's fault that the Browns and John Dorsey made a terrible mistake taking him number one over a couple of other guys. So 
Baker Mayfield's a limited quarterback. I think we can all see that. He's been given everything to succeed. He hasn't done that. What more could you possibly ask for? They're trying to upgrade. And I I, I wonder how the conversation went because this is how it should have gone. The Browns should have went to Baker Mayfield and said, listen, you're our guy, but things haven't worked out clearly. You haven't been on the field and you haven't been exceptional. We've given you everything to succeed. We're going to talk to Deshaun Watson, but if that doesn't work out, you're our guy, you're our starting quarterback. I mean, let's not forget, like, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns here. Like, the recent success or one-year success, and we know, like we just said, the roster's there. Let's not forget that this is a pretty dysfunctional organization. Um, The problem I have with the way they've handled it is the whole publicizing everything. I don't necessarily, I don't think that was necessary. Um, I think that is a little embarrassing for Baker. And that's why I said I'm a little torn because I understand him being upset from it. Um, But in terms of a a football standpoint and a roster management standpoint, I don't think it's a problem to say to him, listen, you're a quarterback, but we're going to go look for other options. And if we don't find any other options, you're still our quarterback. I don't think he needs to throw a fit about that i think the only reason why he has a right to throw a fit is for what i just said the going public with it and the embarrassment in the media type of thing it's it's very interesting because what team would want a guy that can't handle things professionally he's not handling this like a professional right now he looks like a baby no matter what scenario you no matter what no matter what way you look at it he looks like a crybaby so it's going to be interesting to see what his market is. They're going to trade him. There's no doubt about it. They're just saying they're not to kind of raise his value a little bit. Um, I, again, I, I think the Falcons could be in play if they don't get Deshaun Watson. The Seahawks apparently are interested. Um, they could use a young quarterback, start possibly a rebuild. The Colts, he wants to go there. That's where he wants to go. But Baker, you were just in the same situation, probably a better one, and you couldn't win. What made you think you're going to be able to go over there and do it? And I think the Panthers will will make a call on him as well. I mean, who knows? And all these teams now, you're looking, are they really, another team's going to want to try and pick somebody else's dirty laundry up and try to fix it? You know, like. Not a great um, draft class for quarterbacks. So some of these teams are going to look at him. He's 25, what is he, 25 years old? I mean, you look at Sam Darnold, you look at. Carson Wentz, Dwayne Haskins, you know, some of these guys that are being let go. Now you're going to want to try and fix them. Is that really what if imagine if the Brown, if the Seahawks do get Baker and they're, they're trying to do two at once, Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield trying to revitalize their careers. And at the same time, that's, that's something. We kind of mentioned a little bit before we don't really have to get into it. It's kind of a new, an old news story, but, uh, Tom Brady's back. Yeah, he's a jerk. I can't, I, 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 there's no other way I can say it. You know what's really funny? Every NFL fan was like, oh, my God, it's so sad. He's gonna, He's gone. That's it. And especially the ones that hated him. And now it's like, oh, he's back. I can't stand the guy again. It really is funny how he kind of went to, like, a little bit of a, you know, media darling. And, you know, the fans were kind of missing him, too. Yeah, he's pretty much hated again. So that's funny. Uh, the Bucks did extend star wide receiver Chris Godwin. I'm just going to say this right now. I think they're going to walk to a Super Bowl and win it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how you can say that um, because, A, they didn't do it last year, and, B, uh, 
I can't be that confident in a team with Bruce Arians as a head coach. I'm sorry. Like, I know they won they, the Super Bowl a year ago, but I just can't be confident that they're going to march through, beat the defending NFL champions, and and who else is going to be over there? I mean, who knows how the Niners are going to look next year in the Packers and all those teams, right? Uh, and just breeze through everything. Uh, I don't – They have a – you know, to listen, they kept the left witch. They kept Todd Bowles, good coaching staff. Brady is a Brady is an adult, and if things aren't going the way that he's used to, he's going to have to step up and say something because there were reports about you know schedules not going you know the way Brady would have liked. Definitely different from New England, a little more you know crazy on like cluster. What's the word I'm looking for? Like not organized. And Brady's going to have to step up and 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 say something if that's the issue. But I trust them. I think they'll be good. Time will tell, Michael. I'm excited. Uh, very quickly, Von Miller to the Bills. That contract's insane. It's a $34 million signing bonus. Um, and then it becomes like really essentially a three-year deal, like $51 million after that. That $34 million doesn't go against the cap. I have an idea. I'm just going to stop talking. Nobody knows and nobody cares about how the cap works. I mean, that sounds like he's going to be cut to me. He'll be cut after three years. Yeah. They're a smart organization. I trust old. them. You want a three, six-year deal to a 32-year-old edge rusher? He's not a quarterback. Makes no sense. So that that's what it sounds like to me. You know, a big-time uh, six-year contract was just given out to another 33-year-old. Yeah. But we're going to have to uh, – we're going to save that. Ah, nice segue. Before we do, like before, before you get that segue going, my last point – Um. We do complain about baseball. We, we complain about baseball a lot recently, obviously, with the whole CBA thing. But um, we sometimes complain about baseball free agency, say it's too slow, whatever. Um, one thing that I definitely like is, like you were just talking about, everything's clear in baseball. All the money's guaranteed. There's no – there's there's opt-outs. That's it. There's opt-outs and there's little stuff like that, but there's no – Oh, this is going against the cap that year, and it's it's really uh, it's it's incentives and uh, you know the money's signing bonus this year signing bonus. It's really you can clear it off the books after three years. Like no, it's baseball straight. This is what this guy's owed this year. Sometimes contracts are back loaded, front loaded. That's it though. The only confusing thing is arbitration, but it, if it right. if it's explained to you, you're good. Right. It's yeah, also not you're right. a. Crucial concept they get arbitration. It's you know it's a yearly. No, when and it, it, it would really. I mean, I shouldn't even brought it up because you're talking about free agent contracts. Yeah, exactly. Just it's simple. It's done. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's great. All right, we're gonna do some baseball. Uh, we got a ton of news there when we come back. Um, when we come back, JM can't find the pause button. The S and podcast channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Episode 58. We are back. We're just having a full-blown conversation about baseball and realized, why don't we just hit the start button and and finish the conversation? So we just got an update here from John Heyman that the Ghost Runner is trending towards coming back for the 2022 season. Some managers are a little skeptical of the short spring, and they don't want to test their pitcher's arms. 
uh, coming back for the season. Um, you know, we were discussing it just now, kind of how t- uh, fans, more casual fans especially, didn't hate the rule. It was growing on a ton of people. I was about to say, I kind of got used to it at, at a point. I don't love it still, but nothing we could do. Uh, yeah, um, I don't love it. I did get used to it. And like I just said to you off air, because we're morons. Um, yes. Do I like 14 inning games sometimes? Do I also sometimes find myself saying, can this game just be over already? Yeah. Um, I just thought of this idea in my head. I got stuff flying off the shelf. This one is, I don't even know if I like it, but I'll throw it out there. So if you're, this is regular season only. Um, Let's say you're in the second or first game of your series, right? It's a three-game set, set, four-game set, whatever. Um, If you go to extra innings, or if it's, if it's tied after nine, what if instead of going to extra innings, the game is over, and then the next day, that game counts as double? See what I'm saying? I don't... I can't tell if I absolutely hate it or like it. Right? And there's no in between. Because that would, you know, that creates a little more intense feel, nice atmosphere there. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Don't go to sleep tonight or eat whatever you had for breakfast tomorrow that you did today. Right. I got got these ideas are pretty good. Off the dome right now. All right. It's just, it's extremely hypothetical. Then when you start thinking sensibly and be like, oh, well, what about like rec- like stat keeping and all that stuff? Then you're like, eh, well, now that I think about it, is, is it going to work that way? What do you mean by what, what do you mean by stat keeping? You know, like they give wins and losses and crap like that. Like get rid know. of wins and losses for pitchers. Yeah, that's, and... that is true. Nobody cares about that anymore, anyways. Um, and also, like, does that game in the record books, right, in, in history, I guess it'll say if you win that second game of the series, the game before, the one that was tied, it'll say 3-3 at the end of nine win, I guess you'll say in the, the record book. Um, kind of like hockey when you go to a shootout. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, well, what if it's the last game of a series? Then you just play a normal extra inning game or you come up with something else, but like I said, dude, on this hypothetical, I'm just spitting right now, spitballing. Just trying to. This is my sales pitch right now. I had a more logical idea, and I had this, you know, when the Ghost Runner came up. In the regular season, when it's my team, I can't stand when they go more than like 14, 15 innings because I know the bullpen is screwed for the next day, especially in today's age of baseball. So it, it sucks. Right. I think after 12 innings in the regular season, you should bring in the ghost runner. Start the 12th inning. Wait, 9, 10, 11, uh, 10. 11. That's three innings, Michael. After, after, after the 12th, so starting the 13th inning, you should bring in the ghost runner. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think. Simple, easy, but. Uh, or let's get crazy. Let's get crazy. Oh, Come on. Let's ex- we want to make the game exciting for the people. NBA, right? Or NBA, what the hell am I talking about? Uh, soccer, we got penalty shootout. Hockey, we got oh god shootouts, right? Everybody's heard this idea. 
what if we just do full-blown home run derby? Well, they're doing that in the All-Star game now. Hell yeah. It's tied at, if it's tied after nine, it's bigger derby. Do it in the minor leagues. See what happens. I think they are doing it in the minor leagues. Yeah, let's do like it. Like the lowest level of minor leagues. I think they're trying it out. Oh, like the idiot, like rookie, low rookie or, you know. If there's lower than the Long Island Ducks, they're doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're trying that out. So you can go tell you can go you go see. You'll see firsthand how you like it. Let's do it. I I hate that idea, by the way. But I think it's great in the all-star game. Okay. But uh so the ghost runner looks like it is coming back. Just I just love Edwin Diaz coming into a game and he's got the runner on second. And he loads the bases. It's bases load, nobody out. And he gets the next two guys out. He strikes them out on three pitches each. And then he gives up the grand slam Then the game. I love it. It's great. You know, it's it's a great roller coaster ride. But anyway, back to some uh, hot stove talk. We've got Freddie Freeman signing with the Dodgers. Six years, $162 million. Uh, kind of a shock. You know, we've been over this. Kind of a shock that he's not going back to Atlanta. Atlanta did trade for Matt Olson. We're going to talk about that in one second. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty petrified of this Dodgers lineup. Yeah, um, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, well, this sucks because if the Yankees do get to the World Series, the Dodgers might be there. But then I kind of checked myself in the reality here, and I was like, well, listen, guy, let's worry about getting to the World Series first and then mm-hmm. worrying about who that opponent might be because I haven't been there since 2009, so let's rise. Um, anyways. I'm happy because the Rays went after him. The Red Sox went after him. The Blue Jays went after him. Like, he's not coming here. So, that's cool. Uh, I wanted him personally for the Yankees, but uh, Rizzo is is a talented guy too. Not as much as Freddie Freeman, but also don't have to worry about giving a 32-year-old a six-year contract. Um, now, how is he going to play into that deal? I think he'll be fine, right? He also doesn't have an absurd contract. This isn't. Thirty-five million dollars. Uh, I know twenty-seven, whatever it is, uh, million dollars per year. Twenty-seven is crazy. Uh, a couple years ago, but not as bad now, right? Still, still a lot of money, but you're not gonna be like, holy crap, twenty-seven million dollars. Guys are getting forty million dollars now. Um, yeah, the Dodgers lineup is ridiculous. I mean, what what other word can you use for it? It's ridiculous. Gavin Lux is going to be like the first guy on the bench, and he's a 24 year old kid that people thought were going to be a was going to be a superstar. This Merlo, this team won 107 games, six games last year, and one of their players was like a horrible, like negative two war guy, and he won an MVP like two years ago. If he gets back to that form, and then you add on top of that, Freddie Freeman who's replacing Corey Seager, but he's a better bat than Seager is. Yes. Not by much, but when they're healthy, it's better. Bat. Um, how is that going to work out? Are they going to win 115 games? 120? We know how baseball works, right? They're not going to wear the best. The best team doesn't always win the world series. The Dodgers have been the best team in the league for a few years now, and they only have one world series to show for it. And it was in the COVID year. It wasn't even in a full season. So, yeah, they're loaded. They're stacked. They're scary. I'm petrified of them. But take a look at that pitching staff. Bueller, stud. Julio Urias, 
I really like Julio Urias. He won 20 games last year. As much as much as that means nothing. Kind of, I mean, 20 game winner in 2020 to 2021 is kind of impressive. And then Clayton Kershaw, who up and down, hasn't been healthy. And now we get news today that Trevor Bauer is most likely not going to be with the team for the foreseeable future. And Dave Roberts even throw out there that he doesn't think he, he thinks there's a chance he will never be back with them. Yeah. Um, can we just kick him out of the league? I mean, are we going to keep pushing back and back and back? I know there's, you know, legal formalities and all that stuff, but do we really have to do this every week? Yeah, I mean, they, they extend his, like, administrative leave yeah. every week, and we get an update on our phone every week. It's been I extended. mean, it's been going on for, like, nine months. Listen, he's a pretty bad person. I'm not going to deny that. But he wasn't convicted of anything. So, for to make this fair for everybody, they got to they gotta do something. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get the whole innocent until proven guilty thing, and we saw with the no, he. Sean I mean, he's Watson. innocent. We saw it with Deshaun Watson. Who knows? what the truth is with that case he could he he's ruled innocent um but you know only god knows what really happened there um and i'm not saying that with any underlying like you know beliefs i'm just saying you know we we will never know um right this whole thing with bauer though we'll never know but like let's use a little judgment here the guy's always been off right he's had a couple screws loose for a while he's not very well liked around the league He's shady. Um, and unfortunately, with the way things work now with our judicial system, or not even now, just the way it is in general, uh, it's hard. It's really hard to be criminally convicted of like a sexual assault act or something like that. It's really hard to prove that in court. So if this stuff is true, I do feel I feel horrible for the girl. Um, so what I'm basically trying to get at is can we just use our judgment a little bit and not have to go all one way or another, if he's proven innocent or proven guilty, can we just be like, this guy seems shady. The story is disgusting. You're out of the league. If, Let's use if common sense here. Even if you're innocent or not, you're out of the league. And that would come with lawsuits, but MLB will be ready for it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, situation. I don't know what um, – I don't know what the end game is because – they do have to field the baseball team. They do have to get ready for this season, and they need answers at their starting rotation. Surprisingly, you know, they lost Scherzer, and the depth has kind of dwindled a little bit here. So if they're not going to be with Bauer this year, then they're most likely going to have to make another move. They just signed Danny Duffy to, um, I think, a, a contract a couple minutes ago, but they're going to need another starter of substance here. I think a number three starter and they might not be able to make that move four. toward the deadline. What? Number four starter. Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. See, I don't know if this is a hot take, and I'm about to look at the numbers here. I don't know how much I trust Kershaw. Oh, come on. When are you going to look, look at the numbers? Guys and had over a four ERA his whole career. 120 innings last year. COVID. I mean, if you want to talk from a 78. Wait, wait, wait. If you want to talk from a health standpoint, that's a different conversation. Is that what you're getting at? Because 
performance-wise, he's easily the second or third best guy in that rotation. It was definitely health part of it, but I thought I'm looking at this year, um, 2021, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't his normal self, but he was still solid. I don't know if I could call him a two, but he's definitely a three there. So that's, that's my bad. He's a three with the, with the year he had last year, 115 ERA plus in 120 innings, a three, five, five ERA. Pretty good. And 2020 was that 2020 season. Oh, yeah, okay. So am I. What do you think with this whole universal DH thing? Is this going to rise the RAs in the NL a lot? Or do you think it's just going to make a slight difference? You know, I was having this conversation with somebody. It might've been your brother. I think the elite pitchers will kind of stay the same. You know, like I think Scherzer and DeGrom and like Corbin Burns and guys like that, they'll stay around the same of what they're, they normally are. Normally is Degrom. Not talking like not like in the ones. He's not gonna be in the ones. I'm talking about like two five, yeah. you know, two seven around there. Yeah, I think it'll say the same. But you're good. I think like Strowman. I think Strowman's ERA is gonna be in the high fours this year. I mean, who knows? It 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 really makes a big difference because it does. Think about it and just be like, oh well, it's just one batter. But that one batter could be a really good hitter. That's a guy might not get every day at bats because he had such horrible fielding or now, for example, Nelson Cruz is now playing in the NL that you would, that would have never happened. He's one of the best hitters in the league, literally. Um, but he just provides nothing else. That's why he's not a highly regarded player. Um, very highly regarded player. He's not a superstar, but he's definitely a very good player. Um, yes. On top of that, you have eight and nine hitters, right? In the NL, that eight hitters up, the pitcher's on deck in the nine spot. You intentionally walk that guy. You get the pitcher out. You just avoided two guys to pitch to. Now you have to pitch to both those guys, right? You have to pitch mm-hmm. to the eight hitter, and you have to pitch to the nine hitter. So it makes it, it, it makes a difference. That's two guys. That could be two hits. It's I'm Listen, I'm very excited for the BH in the National League. I know we just yeah. had it you know, a couple of years ago. But it was only for 60 games. I'm pumped. Let's go. And for the Mets, it sets up well uh, for them in uh, 2022. So let's uh, let, let's have at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, where were we? All right, enough of the Dodgers. Free agency. Uh, where, where we, uh, take, one take second. Where are we going? Dodgers. Is this like the best? Do you think this is the best lineup past decade? I know it's a tough question. Like Ooh. Last 10 years. Um, is this the best lineup? Off the On top paper. of my head, I'm going to say yes. I mean, you have that Tigers lineup with Kinsler. That's where, that's where my mind went. Kinsler, Fielder, Cabrera, Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez. That was a really good lineup. Um, Torrey Hunter. Hmm. I mean, who recently has had – I mean, the Yankees have had some good lineups, but in the past decade, no. Astros. Astros had a really good lineup. Um, I I don't think so. I mean, the Red Sox. No, no, I don't. I really don't think anybody had a better lineup than them. On paper, this this has got to be. I mean, you have Trey Turner can win an MVP. He, you could have made an argument. He should have won last year. Freddie Freeman has an MVP. Mookie Betts has an MVP. Cody Bellinger has an MVP. They got MVPs all over the place. Max Muncy's 
a top three, top four first baseman in the league, and he's not even going to be playing first base anymore. Um, Will Smith's the Will Smith's the top, top three five catcher. catcher in the league. They get Chris, everywhere. Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock, Gavin Lux are really not, Justin Turner, really nice pieces to go around there. Yeah, it is. It is. It's How many of those guys did we just say they appeared on a top ten list that we made? Catcher Will Smith did. Freddie Freeman did. Max Muncy, uh, shortstop. Who's their shortstop? It's gonna be Lux. Oh no, sorry, Trey Turner. Oh my God, yeah, Trey Turner. Trey, Trey Turner t- appeared on the list. Justin Turner did. Uh, Mookie Betts did. Chris Taylor did. Bellinger, who literally could be the second, he could be the best hitter in the lineup, Bellinger, if he gets his act together. And then Pollock would be like a fringe guy if he has another year like he had last year. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It's It's World Series or bust easily. Like If if they're not in the World Series, yeah. Can you imagine if they didn't win it in 2020, how much pressure they'd have on them too? No, stop. Relax. We're gonna have something. We're gonna have something to say about that. Um, all right. Let's go over to the domino effect, which is crazy that this happened first. But Matt Olson was traded from the Oakland A's to the Atlanta Braves. This was on Monday. Yep. This was Monday afternoon before Freddie Freeman had signed anywhere. Um, the Braves gave up a ton. Um, Christian Pache, their top overall prospect, their second overall prospect, and a couple of other guys to go get him. And then a couple of days later, extended him eight years, $168 million. I'm going to throw like a hypothetical at you from a Mets fan perspective. This is like the Mets winning the World Series with David Wright in his prime. Okay. So you know it's a hypothetical. And then letting him walk in free agency and trading for Evan Longoria. Yeah. So emotionally, I'm hurt, right? Because this is your, you know, a guy that came up through your system, has been your franchise player for all these years, finally gets the World Series, and you let him walk, you know, pay him. It just... I understand the Braves' pain because I would... Braves fans' pain. I would be in that same situation... But you gained a better player for more years and cheaper average annual value. It's a video it's game-esque move, honestly. Yes, it is. It's in it's JM. I cannot believe it happened first. I cannot believe that they traded him and it was to the Braves before Freddie Freeman signed anywhere. And the right. Braves didn't even let Freddie Freeman's camp know it was happening. Yeah. It's a little it's a little crappy that it ended like that, but I don't know how the Braves are doing it. They're just getting these, you know, Albies. They got it on a long-term cheap deal. Acuna, same thing. And now Matt Olson. I mean, Matt Olson hits the market at the end of the year. He's getting $30 million plus. They got him at eight years, 168. That is fantastic. That's $22 million. Um, yeah, it, it hurts a little if I'm a Braves fan, but it also, same, like we just said, I'm excited. Um Better player. Freeman got his money. He gets to he's from California, right? He gets to go back over there, play. Uh is, does California have good tax laws? Oh my god, they're terrible. It's the worst oh, they're horrible. Country. Florida yeah. and Texas. That's where you want to play, right? Especially Texas. Yes. Yeah, Texas. Oh boy. Um yeah, the Braves. I mean, who knows what they're it's gonna like 13%. Be 
It's like a 13%. What do you think about the Braves next year? Because I don't think anybody's really looking at them as like a powerhouse. I still think that, you know, they obviously won the World Series last year, but I think everybody agrees that um, they overachieved last year and went on a nice run and ended up winning it all. But when you look at the roster, are they going to be able to duplicate that? It's certainly going to be really hard to. So. I think it's going to be a dogfight for the division all year long. Yeah. Between the Mets and the Braves. And the Phillies, I don't think will make the playoffs, but um, you're going to get mad at me. I think the addition of Swarber, I think another move to get another bat here. They'll, they'll compete. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they'll be stingy, win about 80 games. No, I, I'm not going to get mad at you that saying that the addition of Kyle I'm just Schwarber, petrified. I'm just addition, petrified. No, I don't think it's bad to say the addition of Kyle Schwarber was, you know, a big deal for them because it is. I think you saying I'm going to kill myself because <laughs> the Philly sign Kyle Schwarber is a little dramatic. There was one guy I didn't want them to sign. They could have signed Chris Bryant. They could have signed Nick Castellanos. They could have signed anybody else. I just I didn't want. Schwarper there. I didn't want him there. That's a guy that I forget is still on the market. Nick Castellanos. They're looking at him. Phillies might add him. Gene Segura, Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper. Those, like, Gene Segura is a solid leadoff guy. Decent hitter, right? Kyle Schwarber. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Gene Segura is Derek Jeter in the playoffs versus the New York Mets. Uh, He's literally the second coming of Jesus Christ. I can't take you Mets fans, man. Everybody apparently is like the best. Everybody kills us. I'm so serious. Go look up. Maybe it's your team. Maybe they're not the problem. (laughs) Oh, look, I'm I'm pulling up Gene Segura's numbers against the Mets right now. Oh, yeah. That really knocked the Phillies in the freaking World Series contention when they have Alec Bohm, Odubel Herrera, and Adam Hazley <laughs> as the bottom three of their lineup. Imagine talking crap about Odubel Herrera. Um, that rotation, I mean, Ranger Suarez came on at the end of the year last year. He could be good for them, but the, it's the, the Phillies are the same thing every year, man. They haven't figured out that bullpen in like 10 years. You know, they did add, uh, they added Jerry Familia. Oh, good. Oh. He, um, I expect him to be Mariano Rivera against the Mets. Yeah. All right, what well, up? Come on, let's. We're drifting again. Today's Gene Segura's birthday. Still haven't talked about the Yankees, by the way. I know we're we're getting there. I think they're next, actually. But I'm just trying to find Gene Segura's number against the Mets. So if you want to. Bring up the Yankees. And All right, yeah, I'll, I'll get the Yankees covered. You you bring up Gene Segura's splits against the Mets. That's what the people really want. Um, yeah, I mean, Donaldson, Connor Falefa trade, everybody's uh, – we're seeing people be split, right? Some people hate it. Some people really like it. My stance on it, you gave up Urshela. That's a sentimental kind of thing, right? He was a nice player. He's kind of like Yankees fans, Wilmer Flores type thing, even though they have two different storylines. But he was – an underdog. We got him for cheap. He had a couple nice years for us. But let's let let's let's stop being wimps for a sec. I want to use a different word, okay? But let's stop using being wimps for a sec. I don't care who the hell we get. I don't care if our freaking third baseman we traded for is a mass murderer. As long as he goes out there oh. and puts up numbers and puts up numbers. 
That's what I want because I am seeing this team go out year after year and go to the ALDS and go to the wildcard game, the ALCS, and lose. And guess what? Aaron Judge isn't going to be Aaron Judge MVP candidate forever. And these guys aren't – Garrett Cole's not going to be a Cy Young candidate forever. Like, the window is right now. So, getting Josh Donaldson, yeah, sure. We picked up a little bit of money, right? $25 million. That's a lot of money for a 36-year-old. He is by far a better player than Gio Urshela is. Do I think Gio Urshela could have a better year than he had last year? Sure. Do I think Josh Donaldson is going to always put up better offensive numbers than Gio Urshela? Yeah. Is Josh Donaldson comparable to Gio Urshela as a defender? Yeah. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, our biggest problem last year, one of the biggest problems, was our defense up the middle. Glaber Torres was horrific as a shortstop defensively. We just got a guy who put up 3.7 B-War last year. And he had a 670 OPS. That's how good of a defender he is. That's my stance on everything. Okay. Here's my stance. If you're looking at it just based on the trade, right? Like if you're just comparing players, the Yankees won it easily. You got, in my opinion, the oh, two I didn't even best mention players. Gary, but go ahead. You got the two best players in the trade. Okay. So right there, okay, that's a good thing. My biggest issue here is that there are better players. And I'm looking at Josh Donaldson's numbers right now. And he's 36 years old. And he had an 827 OPS last year, 125, 135 games. I'm slightly worried about the age. And I'm slightly worried about the number of games played possibly for this upcoming season, if he's going to get hurt or not. I mean, listen, I get it. And I'm I'm just talking about the trade right now. I have a gripe with the Yankees outside of this, and we'll get to that. Well, that's what I want to get to. Right. But when we're just talking about the trade, Donaldson, it's two years. If he – yeah, it's a risk. Anytime you make a trade, it's a risk. But are you really going to be shooting yourself in the self in the foot if he plays really well this year and then tails off next year? It's one, you know, it's a two-year contract. How much long-term risk can there be is what I'm trying to say. Um, you better hope – that he has a good year this year. If he goes out there and is average offensively, that's a bust, right? Because this is wanted. potentially your big offensive move for the right. offseason. And I get that, and that's what we're going to get to, and I'm going to say my problems with them for the way they're building this roster right now. Um, there's six infielders on your roster right now that are starting caliber players, and you have four infield positions. So that needs to be figured out. Um the reason why I'm not losing my mind is because I think they have at least another move up their sleeve. They have to. Um, where's that move going to be? Who knows? I'm praying that they trade for a very good center fielder. That would be nice. I think a guy like Cattell Marte would be perfect for this team, but we'll see. Um, this Yankees team right now, it's it's like mind-boggling. It's confusing to even look at because we don't know – what they are because they're such an unfinished product right now. We don't know what to think. Don't know what to think. My issue is my issue is you're spending the $25 million on Josh Donaldson, right? Which should be okay because you should be able to now go out and spend even more money, no matter what you're the New York Yankees. So Freeman should have still been on the table when you make that deal. And you and I understand Freeman. You know he wanted to go to L.A. and he took you know less money to go there. That's fine. There should have been like I did. I don't like the feeling for the Yankees that you make this move 
and then you get Rizzo and you're over the tax, but like that's understand. Yeah, it. Like I you went over the tax by so much to get these two guys. I get what you're saying completely, and that's my problem. Is a lot of Yankee fans are saying the from a sensible standpoint. Well, we go through the luxury tax, like everybody's saying, how Steinbrenner's cheap, blah blah blah. My problem is. Yeah, we go through the luxury tax, but it doesn't feel when, like the roster doesn't match the payroll, right? The Yankees right. have a 258, whatever the number's up to now, million-dollar payroll. They're over the, the threshold. Um, but this, this isn't a Dodgers lineup, right? This isn't a Dodgers roster or an Astros roster or whoever because when I look at this team – we just re-signed Anthony Rizzo, and the t- the big acquirement we've gotten so far this offseason, we just said Josh Donaldson. This is a team that limped to the playoffs, basically. Your general they, manager called unwatchable. The, that he called an unwatchable team. We just got into the wild card game because we got hot at the end of the year. We had a nice little stretch, and then we got our asses kicked in the AL wild card game. And we haven't won the division. We've won it once in the past seven years or whatever it's been. Why can't I understand that you need to be fiscally responsible and all that stuff. And how Steinbrenner doesn't completely own the team, right? He's not Steve Cohen where he basically owns hundred percent of the team. He can just do whatever he wants with right. money. And he also doesn't own a hedge fund, right? He basically is just rich off the Yankees. Um, yeah. Blow through it. Like, Go get Freddie Freeman if you really want to win that World Series like that. Bad Make that splash. This many years, I, I you're gonna. I sound like a spoiled Yankees fan, but I don't. I don't give a crap. I am a spoiled Yankee fan. Go and break through that thresh. How many th- freaking thresholds you need to break through in order to put an elite team on the field? Not a oh, let's resign Rizzo. Hopefully, he has a good year, right? Or Joey Gallo played bad with us, but we, we you got to expect that he's going to play better over a full season. You got to think that DJ is going to bounce back. You got to think that Glaber is going to bounce back. Why does there have to be so many guys? You got it. This is going to happen. Like, let's just go out and get a freaking elite team because the roster doesn't match the payroll. I'm going to, I'm going to compare them to the Mets for a second. We expect DJ LeMayu to bounce back and have a good year. We expect Joey Gallo to play better than he did in the second half when he came to New York. We expect Rizzo to play a little bit better than he did when he got here. He got off to the hot start, but finished, you know, poorly. We expect all these things, Glaber. And there's a lot of ifs. And these guys are going to be starters, like main pieces to this team. And if they don't bounce back, if they have similar years to last year, it's a repeat of 2021. I'm going to compare him to the Mets for a second. Dominic Smith had a terrible year last year. They were relying heavily on him. What happened? The Mets were terrible. Same thing with Jeff McNeil. Mets were terrible. Um, Michael Conforto, the, he was terrible. The Mets were bad. Dom Smith's a bench player. Jeff McNeil is a you know rotational platoon guy at this point. And, Dom's, and uh, Conforto's gone. So the Mets made moves, and... They're not relying so heavily on these guys. They like to have them bounce back. They're going to have opportunities to bounce back, but not opportunities where you're living and dying off of these guys to bounce back. The Yankees are living and dying on the fact that DJ LeMay is going to get back to an 800 or better OPS, which 
you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times you went over 800 in Colorado, but still, I'm, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, the MVP yeah. type level of DJ LeMayu. We've only seen that for two seasons in New York. No, and I, one was a COVID season. I get exactly what you're saying, and that's why, like, I, I can't think that the Yankees are done. Because like you said, there are too many question marks. I mean, let's break it down from position to position. And we're just talking about the lineup right now. We haven't even gotten into the pitching staff. Your catcher, right? Kyle Higashioka or Ben Rolt, that I don't even know how to say his name. Those yeah, two guys, you platoon them, right? They're not really everyday players, either one of them. They're hoping that uh, Rolt that can be a, eventually turn in one as a young guy. But I'll eat that. That's fine. Catcher, that's not a crucial position to have figured out. As long as they're good defensively, it's okay. First base, you got Rizzo, right? Fine. Good player. You you basically know what you're going to get out of him. Second base, I don't know who the second baseman is. I guess you say it's Glaber because I guess DJ's the swing guy where he'll just fill in for who has an off day or whatever, and you try and play him basically every day. Uh, He's got to play every day. He, he has to. Glaber, wh- what is he? We don't know. It, it, are we get, and Glaber can't. Are we getting twenty twenty one Glaber? What are we getting? But he can't be a guy. I know almost you can't rely himself. on Glaber to have a huge season for your team to be in a World Series. But do you want? But do you want him on the bench? Do you want him being a guy that's coming no, in he, every somebody, other day? Somebody's gone. Somebody's traded. Two. So of he's got to be the guy that goes. Him and Voigt should be gone. I don't want right. Glaber to go. But if you can get something back for him or package him in something for something better. Sure. Shortstop. But it can't be but it can't be a trade to the A's for a pitcher. And it's not going to be because um of money situations, Glaber's gonna be making you know more money as we go on, and they don't want that. They want cheap, cheap guys right now. Right. So that's not who they want. So you brought up Cattell Marte. Brian Reynolds' name's gonna come up. I think that's a little too pricey. You're gonna have to package a couple of these guys. And top prospects go get a center fielder like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, shortstop, Connor Falefa, nice defensive guy. Not going to give you great offensive numbers. Left side's fine. We'll go with the left, left side's side. fine. Left field. Who's going to be playing left field? Gallo will probably be the opening day starter, right? Um, and Joey Gallo's nothing to frown upon in your lineup, right? That's a guy every team Stop. would like to have in his lineup. But of course. How good of a year is he going to have? Because last year he had a seven ten OPS when he was with the New York Yankees. Is that? And he's the least likely not. He's the like. If I I have a lot of question marks about a lot of guys, he's probably the guy I'm the least worried about. I'm not too worried about Joey Gallo bouncing back. Now this might be the biggest question mark on the team: center field. Aaron Hicks is coming off an injury. He hasn't played well when he's been healthy as of late which is rare, right? He's constantly finding himself on the IL. His defense has gone down, right? He's always been considered a great defensive center fielder. It seems like that's starting to fall off, especially with the injuries and the age. So the middle of your the field is a question mark. I mean, second base and center field. That's Those are two positions we're talking about already. And then catcher, right? You go from the wall, the center field wall to the home, to home plate. Those are three positions that you're worried about. And then right field, we know Aaron Judge. But what's going to happen with DH? Is Stanton DHing every time? Is Stanton playing left field a lot? Like, there's a lot of and question marks. they've said marks. no. They've lot, said he's not yeah. DHing. There's a lot of question marks in the lineup. And then I just, we, we mentioned Luke Voigt. Is he going to be a bench guy? Are you trading him? Who knows what's going to happen there? Then you move over to the starting rotation. 
Luis Severino, can you really rely on this guy to be a number two starter when he hasn't been healthy? Most likely not. I mean, he's capable of being a number one starter, but you can't rely on that. Like you just said when you talked about the Mets. This is what I... I'm not like, holy crap, the Yankees are going to suck because there's these question marks, but they're called question marks because they can be one way or the other. It can go right for them, and this team could be a World Series contender if a lot of these things check off. But a lot of these things can also have X's through them, and this could go south. And with a $260 million payroll, is that really the level you want to be at? You should have a lot less question marks than you have right now with the rotation, the lineup, and the bullpen. Who knows what we're getting out of Chapman. Chad Green was in AAA last year at one point. I know everything's not going to be sunshine and rainbows, but I'll take five to six question marks, not ten, for a team with 26 guys on it that's supposed to be a World Series contender and has a $260 million payroll. That's it. It's going to be very interesting to see what the next episode, this team should look – I think the team's going to look a lot different. I hope so, and I hope it looks a lot. I think it could be a couple of. I, I I don't even think it could be one move. I think it's gonna be two moves that are made here, two trades. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm excited to see what happens um, with the Yankees. And like we said, the A's fire sale that you know continues. We talked about um, Matt Olson being traded. Uh, Sean Manaya is on is going to be on the move. Uh, Frankie Montas is going to be on the move. Those are two guys the Yankees are targeting. They are interested in him. Uh, the Mets uh, made a trade on Saturday for Chris Bassett. Uh, they sent two minor league um, pitchers over there. And, I mean, right now it looks pretty good in Metland. Um, very quickly, this vaccine rule mandate, I really don't feel like getting into it. But rise of right now, unvaccinated players on the Mets and Yankees cannot play home games. Uh, that's not good. They could sit in the stands and watch the game, though. Yes, they can. That's fine. They're in Florida right now, all together, 24-7. They can go out unvaccinated to a bar with the vaccinated people, but not play the game. No. My issue with this is that there's no science behind any of these decisions. It's just just there. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll leave it. Um, The teams, I said this before, they're acting very nonchalant about it, so they must know things that we don't know. So hopefully it gets resolved. And the same, you know, same thing goes for Kyrie Irving as well. But I think they're going to find a way to screw Kyrie Irving and not the Mets and the Yankees. Um, the Blue Jays, they make a trade for Matt Chapman. They are absolutely going for it. Um, oh, I'm, so um, our, our one-year anniversary is coming up. Oh, right. I believe, what did you say? Is the 29th or something? It's late March. Late March. Um we got to do something special. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, but, we should. Uh, you just reminded me with the, you know, you said they're going for it, whatever. We got to do another. That's how we started our first episode ever. We did our little MLB season preview. So that's going to be yes. again. We're going to be giving our predictions, awards, the D- division by division, World Series, all that good stuff. I'm excited. But we're going to hold off on that as much as we can because Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Nick Castellanos, blah, 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 still haven't been signed. So who knows where they're going to end up. Yeah, the next thing on this list here, quick, was that uh, Carlos Gray was offered 10 years, $300 million from the Orioles. This is true. Was you, I didn't see that. Are you kidding? 
Yeah, I, I, I read in the athletic. Hell yeah, I love that. I'm look tired of look at the A's right now. Oh, we don't we don't want to pay anybody, so let's just trade everybody away. When you have it, the Reds, they really wanted to. The Reds, that's pathetic. The Reds are pathetic, letting everybody go. You know what's funny about the Orioles though? I I feel like this is very self inflicted, where they were genuinely trying to tank. But I don't feel like they were trying to cut payroll because they were cheap. I think they were cutting payroll and trying to tank because they realized they needed a restart. Yeah. And I'm confident that they're going to move back into relevancy yeah. once they, you know, seriously start to see some strides. I mean, they've given out money before. Obviously, we know Chris yeah. Davis. They just gave it out to the wrong people, and it, it, it hurt them in a big way. And that's exactly what you said. They wanted to just reset. I don't think this is a poverty franchise like the Indians and the Pirates and the Reds and the A's are. Like, I think they're, you know, a serious franchise that cares about winning. They just got to get to that spot. Right. And uh, the last thing here, Chris Bryant, this is another poverty franchise. And, and the Rockies, a seven-year deal for um, $182 million. They didn't want to pay Nolan Arenado. I have I have so many questions. I have <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> Essentially... Essentially, this is what they did. So they, they, they gave the rock. They gave the Cardinals fifty million dollars and a bunch of prospects. No, I'm sorry. They gave them fifty million dollars in Nolan Arenado for a bunch of prospects. So essentially, instead of eight years, two hundred fifty million dollars of Arenado, they wanted seven years of two hundred thirty-three million dollars of Chris Bryant. Right, and then they said Trevor Story. We don't want you anymore. You're 29 years old, and we don't want to pay you. And said, let's instead sign 30 year old Chris Bryan, right, and bring him here. Just so, so, so good, Colorado. Listen, they talk about Colorado <laughs> smoking weed over there. I'm sure they yeah. got a lot of it in that Rockies front office. And I fully expect Chris Bryant to hit like 35 home runs. Oh yeah. 280 batting average, 900 OPS, big time year from Chris Bryant. 63 and 99, fourth place, fifth place in the NL West. Yeah. It's good. 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 It's good. This is a good episode. Yep. We didn't even get to talk about the Mets. We'll save the Mets for another time. That's okay. But I think I'm just going to throw this out there. We'll let it sit out there. I think the Mets have the best rotation in baseball. Wow. That's a nice bombshell to end the show on. I think the Mets have. I'm, I was doing a little research today, yesterday. Best rotation in baseball. Debatable. Debatable. Gotta, we can, we'll have research. It. Let me do my research. I'll get back to you on that. We'll have, we'll have that debate another time, but we will talk to you guys next time.